Christmas is all about Jesus, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but will have life everlasting. Sharon and I were in Israel just about two or three months ago, and we went to Bethlehem where it is the known actual birthplace of where Jesus was born. Now, I know we all see the manger and we see like it's a stable. The truth is it's not that. Actually, it's a cave is what it was where, where Jesus was born. It was actually, and if you read in culture and the context of that day, that's exactly what it was. There was no room for him in the inn. There was not even room for him in a stable. Where Mary went was actually in a bit of a cave and they built a church over the top of this cave and uh, we were there at the actual place where they know Christ was born. Amazing. What was funny was um, the guy who was in charge of security there kind of took a bit of took a bit of favor to me and kind of let me come down first by myself and I was chewing some gum and he goes, do you have any gum? I said, I do. He goes, is it American gum? I said, it is. And I gave him a piece. Well, he said, you come down and let me come. But then all of a sudden, one of the priests, I don't know who they were, the Egyptian Orthodox or Armenian priest, he started coming down with the bells and smells. And when that happens, you're not allowed to be down there. So he looked at me, the security guy says, quick, get back upstairs. And I've got still a bit of a, a foot injury. So I tried to rush up the stairs and fell over, try, almost pulled a curtain down. And the priest is looking at me going, who was this idiot? And I'm just going, that would be me. I am the one. But it was wonderful because I realized in that moment, what today is, we talk about Christmas, that is where Christ was born. How many are glad Christ was born? Amen. And, and here's the announcement. This is the announcement. It, you know, we sung that song. The kids sung the song. Joy to the world, the Savior has come. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. And without a doubt, you know, that God, Jesus came not just to die for our sins. That was the most important part. But Jesus also, the Bible tells us that by His stripes, we are healed. So Jesus wants us to be whole. Jesus wants us to be healthy. Can you say amen? And so come with me to Proverbs 3, verse 1. My son, this is the wisdom from Proverbs, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and will bring peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, and then you will win favor and a good name. How many believe in God for favor in Jesus' name? And a good name. That's what I love about God. It's not just favor, but you'll have a good name. And then it goes, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. You know, there's a lot of talk about people who are woke nowadays. Let me tell you something. I am, I have been illuminated to the Word of God. And I'm not going with what the world says is what their version of enlightenment is. I'm going with the Word of God. Can anybody say amen? Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, shun evil. Here's the point. This will bring, listen to this, health to your body. Everybody say health. And before this service is over, I actually want to pray for people who need a healing. 
I believe God's going to do miracles this morning in our service. I believe God's going to heal people who've been long-term illnesses. Because let me tell you, Jesus came, He died for our sins, and He died for our sicknesses. Can anybody say amen? It says, this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. And you are so amazing. And with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be brim over with new wine. Can you just see that here in Proverbs, the Bible is teaching us that God is interested in every aspect of our life. He's interested in your, in your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. He's interested in your body being healthy. He's interested in you having a good name. He's interested in you having favor. He's interested in that he's a God that brings overflow in the name of Jesus. So really, the announcement of Christmas was joy. So that's talking about emotional stability. Joy, amen? The joy of the Lord, not happiness. I believe in being happy, but there's sometimes when you're happier than others, but joy is something you can have even in challenging times. Joy is not dependent upon the circumstances. Joy is what God does when God announced to the world, joy to the world, the Savior has come. Amen. And this, minute, this announcement of joy to the world affects your health, your emotions, and your well-being. So I thought I'd just this morning, the week before Christmas, take a look at just one man and the influence Jesus had on this man. And the announcement was that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The announcement is joy to the world, peace and blessing, health and favor. Are you hearing me? And so let's look at one person who encountered Jesus and let's learn. Look at this, John chapter 5 and verse 6. When Jesus saw this man who'd been laying by the pool, the Bible says, for 38 years, and he was crippled. And he laid there with many other people who had all sorts of sickness, illness, disabilities, and they were all there laying by the pool. And when Jesus learned that this man had been laying there for 38 years, here's the story. Once a year, an angel would come and stir the water in the pool. Whoever got in the pool first got healed. And so they all, they all congregated, all these people with disabilities and illnesses, with the hope that when the angel came, they would be the first in. And if they were the first in, they would be healed. And when Jesus learned that this man had been lying by this pool for 38 years, with the hope, obviously, in his mind, that he might be one day the first in and be healed. Everybody got that? And so when Jesus had learned that this man had been in this condition for a long time, Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? And when you read that, you kind of think to yourself, come on, Jesus, he's been laying there for 38 years. What do you mean, do you want to get well? Do you want to get well? And look what the Bible says. Sir, the envelope replied, I've no one to help me into the pool when the water gets stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Isn't that amazing how we can all have reasons why we are the way we are? 
We can all have excuses as to why we are the way we are. I got no one to help me. There's always someone faster than me. There's always someone better than me. I'm all alone. I got no one that can help me. And here is Jesus. And look what Jesus says. I love this. Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured and he picked up his mat and he walked. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Been laying there for 38 years, waiting to be the first in. And just one encounter with Jesus. And Jesus says, do you want to be well? And I think Jesus is actually asking a lot behind the question. Could you ever see yourself not living here anymore? Could you ever see yourself going back into your family and into community and not lying by a pool, crippled for 38 years? It is amazing how we learn to live with things that God never wants us to live with. It is amazing to me how we learn to just cope with less and less than what God wants for us. And it's amazing how we can have reasons and excuses why we are the way we are. But one encounter with Jesus, come on, not an angel stirring a water, just one encounter with Jesus. And this man was able to get up, pick up his mat, and he walked. So I thought this week, as we think about, come on, give the Lord a hand if you're going to do that. So I thought I might bring a message that's probably a little challenging, but I pray it speaks to us today. It's probably going to be a little uncomfortable, but I pray it challenges us today. And I want to ask you the question, do you want to be well? What is it in your life that you are living less than what God wants for you? And do you actually want to be well? How do I know if I'm healthy? And so here's a couple of thoughts I wrote down. Because that's what God wanted for this man. He wanted him to be healed. He wanted him to be whole. Amen? So how do I know if I'm going to be a healthy person? Number one, when I don't depend on others to create my own success. Listen to what this man said. Lord, I've got no one to help me. If we think that our success, our health, our wholeness is dependent upon what other people do for us, whether that be our spouse, whether that be our boss, whether that be the government, whether that be someone else, and we think that our health and our healing and our wholeness is dependent upon what others do. I've got no one to help me. How do I know if I'm healthy when I don't depend on others to create my own success? Come on, somebody say amen. It's like, it's my parents' fault. It's my wife's fault. It's the church's fault. It's the pastor's fault. There's always someone who gets in ahead of me. I've got nobody to help me. Number two, how do I know if I'm healthy? And we're thinking about this announcement, joy to the world, and God wants us to have joy. God wants us to have health. God wants us to have healing. God wants us to have peace. That is the announcement that came from heaven. Joy to the world, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. How do I know if I'm healthy? Number two, when I don't blame others for my failures. Did you hear that? Number one, when I, when I realize that my success does not depend on what other people do for me, it's what I'm willing to take responsibility for myself. 
And number two, when I don't blame others for my failures. Come on, somebody say amen. So someone always gets in ahead of me. It's, it's like it's everybody else's fault as to why I am the way I am. And let me tell you, in, in today's world, we can even put labels on it that help us accept the label rather than actually say, Jesus, you proclaimed joy to the world, goodwill to all men, peace, favor, health, healing, blessing, overflow. And that's what God wants you to have. But if we think, listen to this, if we actually going to blame others for our failures, well, it's my college, the college I went to. It's if I just didn't marry her, if I just didn't have that boss. Am I talking to anybody here? One, number three, and this one's big. How do I know if I'm healthy? And listen, I want you to catch this one. When I can recognize destructive relationships. How do I know if I'm going to have joy? How do I know if I'm going to have health and healing? And when I'm able to recognize destructive relationships, what was Jesus asking this man? Could you ever see yourself being out of environment where everybody else is just like you? I, I, I think about these people and every one of them were wanting to get well. They were laying there, but they were all people with disability and problems. Are you hearing me? And Jesus is saying, could you ever see yourself no longer living in this environment? Could you ever see yourself being reintegrated back to your family? Could you ever see yourself, no, do you want to get well? Have you got so used to your environment that you're not even thinking about being healed anymore? Are you so used to living with what people have, this is my lot in life, I'm just going to stay here. And the Bible says that when Jesus said, immediately Jesus spoke to him, arise, get up, pick up your mat and walk. The Bible says he picked up his mat and he walked. In other words, I want you to think about it. He left the crippled environment. Come on, somebody. And, and, and I want to say this to us. And again, at this time of Christmas, it's joy to the world. But you've got to ask yourself, if negative people can come to you and feel very comfortable talking about negative things, you have to ask yourself, what is it in you that they find appealing and attractive that they can just be negative all the time. Come on. And so I want you to catch this. I want you to understand that you've got to realize and be able to identify codependent relationships. You've got to realize that there are some people out there, and here's the thought, hurt people hurt people. Amen? And that's what they do. And you've got to be able to recognize there are some relationships in my life that just aren't good. And the best way you could ever help is what the Bible teaches somebody who actually is in that situation of negativity, criticism, gossip. The best thing you can do is actually cut out that voice and move out of that relationship. Come on, because you don't feed it in Jesus' name. Number four, listen to this, I love this one. How do I know if I'm healthy? When God is my source. Listen, when Jesus asked, the Son of God, the healer is present. And he says, do you want to get well? He said, I got no one to help me. God must be your source. 
Amen. If you are looking to doctors, science, medicine, one thing I do know after the last two and a half years, three years, I'm not looking for medicine to be my source. I'm looking to heaven to be my source. Can anybody say amen to that? Jesus said to this crippled man, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Can I just make it clear? God makes the difference. God is the difference maker in your life and in my life. And as long as we think what we do and how far we go and how much favor we have, how much health we have and how much wholeness we have is dependent upon what others do or we blame others why we way we are, we'll never change. Jesus, God, must be our source. Come on, somebody say amen. Number five, how do I know when I'm healthy, just reading about this one man and his encounter with Jesus when my environment doesn't leave me crippled and comfortable. When my environment doesn't leave me crippled and comfortable. I've often asked myself this question, what is my personal growth plan? Do I have one? How do you put yourself in a growth environment? And I actually think one of the best ways to put yourself in a growth environment is surround yourself with people who are ahead of you. Come on, somebody say amen. I actually live with this thought. I want to live with this feeling of constantly being in over my head. Does that make sense? I want to be around people who challenge me. There's a lot more I can do in life. I don't just want to get comfortable with what I have and just lay by a pool and just be comfortable with the people around me. I want to make sure I'm around people who make me feel uncomfortable. I want to be around people who make me feel like there's more to do. I can be a, a better person. I can be a greater leader. I can be a better husband. I can be a better preacher. I can do better in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody say Amen. So I'm asking you, are you willing to find, to find a place where you're continually being challenged? Maybe for you, you might want to just schedule a monthly learning lunch. You might want to get with someone who is just further down the track than you and set up a monthly lunch appointment and say, I would love to sit with you and ask you questions because you motivate me to be a better person, to be a bigger leader to be a better husband, to be a better wife. Come on, somebody. I mean, I want to encourage you to do it. See, this is where laziness kicks in. you got to be in a place that's forwards focused and not backwards focused. you got to be in an atmosphere that is affirming. Come on, somebody say amen. A place where you feel like you're out of your comfort zone. A place where, I, I, want, to think, I want you to think about this. You wake up excited. Amen. The day you quit waking up excited is the day you quit waking up. Come on, somebody. It's a, a place, listen to this, a place where failure is not your enemy. Amen? And I gotta tell I've said this many times at Wave Church. I haven't made my best mistakes yet. I'm not afraid of failing. I'm not afraid of trying something and then also man enough to admit if it didn't work, it didn't work. Come on, somebody. How many want to follow a leader who's not afraid of failing? Praise the Lord. You'll never do anything if you're afraid of, afraid of failing. Listen to this. Every successful person majors in failures. They don't wallow in it. Come on. 
And here's the thought about this person. He says, I'm unable to be healthy because I got no one to help me. Someone always gets in ahead of me. I've got nobody that will help me. And listen to this man. He was so used to living in an environment of less. I want you to catch it. It's a powerful thought. And Jesus said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. So my thought is this. You're either up or you're getting up. We will get knocked down. We will have failures. We will have setbacks. There will be challenges. Come on, somebody, say amen. There will be disappointments on the road. But you're either up or you're getting up or you're walking. You get knocked down, you get back up again. You're either up or you're getting up or you're walking in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you're getting up, get up. Amen. I want to encourage this. Be in a place where growth is modeled and expected. I'm not just talking about numerical growth. I'm talking about growth right across your whole life. How many can say, as you look back from beginning of this year till now, that as you look back, you say, I can honestly say in my life, I've seen growth. How many can say, I've seen growth? Amen. There ought to be that. Now, let me challenge you. What is it about next year that you want to see more growth in? What is it you're going to do to make sure that you're not just going to be laying by a pool, learning to live with less than what God has for you? Amen. Amen. Number six. How do I know if I'm healthy? Well, I just said it. Well, when I'm willing to get up. When I'm willing to get up. When I'm willing to change. When I'm willing to deal with some habits. When I'm willing to, and maybe maybe for you, the habit is not even something that is sinful, but it's just something that isn't healthy for you. Amen? It's just something that isn't good for you. And you've picked up some habits, as we all do. I have found myself over my life picking up some habits, and I thought, you know what? This is not a good habit. I got to get that habit out of my life. And I want to encourage you to think about that when I'm getting up. Don't lie in your failures. Amen? Keep getting up until you beat it. I remember my mother, when she got saved, and for her, the biggest challenge in her life was giving up drinking. And then, of course, he decided she'd spend the rest of her life helping people get free of, you know, addictions. And my mother was a chain smoker. From the moment she woke up in the morning to the day she went to the night she went to sleep, she was a chain smoker. And I remember my mother said to me, I'm going to quit smoking. How can I teach others to be free of addictions when I've got the addiction of tobacco? And how can I actually expect others to be free of their addictions if I still have one in my life. People say to me, well, are you saying that if, if I smoke, I'm going to hell? No, you'll go to heaven. You'll just go there before the rest of us. <laughs> Amen. And so my mother said, I'm going to do it. And I remember I would, I just, I'm just a brand new Christian. I was so proud of my mom that she was going to finally get rid of this awful addiction she had. It was an awful and very expensive, I might add. It's money that could have been used for greater purposes than just filling her lungs, which ultimately created all sorts of health issues for her later on in life. But I believe by the fact that she made a decision, she's going to give up that addiction, I believe actually lengthened her days and gave her a longer life. She would have died earlier had she not done it. 
But I remember I would go outside and I'd see my mum and she'd quickly throw something in the ground. I said, mum, were you just smoking again? She goes, I was, son. I said, mum, whatever you do, don't quit quitting. Don't, don't think, oh, well, I tried. It didn't work. Don't give up on giving up. Quitters never quit. Amen? You got to keep quitting something until you beat it. And I want to encourage you, this as we come and we think about the impact that Jesus had on this man's life, he had to be willing. I want you to catch it. He had to be willing to get up. And I want to say to somebody here today, come on, keep getting up. You may get knocked down, but I want to say keep getting up in Jesus' name. Amen? Number seven, how do I know if I'm healthy? Listen to this one. When I'm accountable. Amen? When those who are close to me can challenge me and correct me. Not that long ago, I had some friends speak to a, a great leader, and they said, listen, we see that there's just one area of your life, great godly leader, but we just see this, there's one area of your life you might want to take a look at. And this person said, no one's going to tell me at the age I am how to live my life. Well, I always think this, if your closest friends, those who love you dearly, if they all call you a jackass, you should buy a saddle. If the people who love you and care about you kind of think you're being a little bit inappropriate in an area, even, even if I didn't agree with them, if my wife and my closest friends like Paul DeYoung and Michael Murphy, these are the people who I submit my life to and I'm willing to be accountable to, if they said to me, Steve, there's something going on and we want to challenge on it, even if I didn't agree with them, I'd listen to them. And I'd be willing to make whatever changes they said because it just might be they see something in me that I can't see in myself. Come on, somebody say amen. So when I'm willing to be accountable, I, here's a thought. Maybe you've lost your sense of humor. About over the years, Sharon will say to me, Steve, you're not as happy as you used to be. And of course, that's the price of leadership sometimes. That's the burden of leading. And sometimes you got, and I go, thanks, honey. I got to work on that now. I got to make sure that I keep bringing joy. I got to make sure I keep bringing, you know, excitement into my life. I'm willing to be accountable and I'm willing to have someone say, hey, don't lose your sense of humor. Don't be oversensitive. Come on, somebody say amen. How do I know if I'm healthy? When I am willing, when I'm willing and have a desire to change my weaknesses. See, Jesus said to this man, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? Are you willing to change and face your weakness? Come on, somebody say amen. Number nine, how do I know if I'm healthy when I develop, listen to this one, this one's big. In today's world, I think this is one of the biggest ones. When I develop an unoffendable spirit. I think it's amazing how, how easily offended people are in today's world. You can say something. I remember just recently, I was in, where was I? Well, Robert, I was with you. And we were in Scotland. And, 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 and Robert wasn't quite ready. We're being picked up. And I went downstairs into the lobby. And in the lobby, um, there's this big bar area. And so Robert said, I'll be down in 10 minutes. So I went down, was just sitting at the bar. And 
just got myself a Coke, and then waiting for Rob to come down, this girl came and sat next to me. And I went, uh-oh. And so she goes, hi, how are you? And she go, I said, oh, good, thanks. And she goes, what's your name? What do you do? And I quickly said, I'm nobody, and I'm boring, and I do nothing. I was just trying to say to her, we're not having this conversation. And so, and, uh, and then she goes, well, that's kind of rude. And it kind of was when I thought about it, but I just didn't want to have a conversation. I didn't want to go there. And so uh, she goes, well, I'm going to tell you who I am. I'm a food critic, a national food critic. And I actually go around all the different hotels and restaurants, and I write uh, in national newspapers and evaluate the food, hospitality, and service. So I thought, gee, I was kind of rude to her. I kind of gave her a bit of a brush off. So I said, that's fascinating. I tell you what, I happen to do a little bit of traveling, and I've noticed, and by the way, this is true. Some of you don't get offended by this because otherwise it's going to prove my point about don't, don't get a, make sure you have an unoffendable spirit. I said, I've just been to Ireland, and now I'm here in Scotland, and I am wowed with the hospitality and the service of these two countries compared to traveling across the United States. America has lost a lot of its hospitality and service. And I think COVID has given a great excuse for it. And there's some things that actually are not being returned in the service and hospitality industry that I think we've lost. And I think we're worse off for it. And so she looked at me and this is what she said. Well, you're kind of full of yourself, aren't you? Telling me you're a jet setter, travel all over the world. I didn't ask you to tell me and brag on yourself. And I went, dang, I, I didn't mean that. I just, when you told me what you did for a living, you, you, you're there to evaluate hospitality and service. And I was just trying to add to you my perspective, how good you're doing. And then she said, yeah. She goes, see, that's my job. My job is to be a critic. And I was just finding criticism in what you said. I said, well, you did it very well. <laughs> and then I finally said, look, you know, and then, well, then it was quite funny. Then she wanted to be my friend. And so, so she literally, I'm waiting for Rob to come down. And, and she goes, any restaurant you want to eat, I'll, I'll, I'll take you there. And, and I said, no, no, I'm good. I, no, not interested in you taking me anywhere. And she goes, no, no. She goes, I'll make sure you get that reservation. You name any restaurant you want to eat in while you're in Glasgow, I'll set it up. I said, I'm good. I've got dinner appointments. I've got breakfast appointments. I've got lunch appointments. And I really did. I was busy. And she goes, no, no, I'm not trying to go with you. I'm trying to say, because of my relationships and because I was a bit rude to you, I would like to say, could I bless you? She didn't use those words, but could I let you? And I said, I'm good. But then she grabbed my phone and she literally put her phone number in my phone. And at this point, finally, Robert has arrived. And I looked at Robert and I said, Robert, help. True story. Robert put his arm around me and says, I hope you're not trying to hit on my boyfriend. I didn't know what was more offensive, what she said to me or what Robert just said. Can I just encourage us? Listen, listen to this scripture. Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times 
should I forgive my brother? I want to say this because it's Christmas. How many times should I forgive my brother or my sister who sins against me? He goes, up to seven times? And Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. If you can just develop an unoffendable spirit, you could breach and heal a relationship with a family member. If you can be the bigger person, if you can get over that offense. And I'm not saying we give people permission to treat us as doormats. I'm not saying that we get back into a destructive relationship, but I'm saying, listen, getting offended is like you drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. We've got to learn to make sure we learn how to live in forgiveness. Can anybody say amen? I will say this, and this might, again, be offensive to some people, but I think the reason why sometimes some of us aren't healed is because we haven't learned the power of forgiveness. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches that sometimes Paul says the reason why some of you are sick and die early is because you don't examine yourself and you've got unforgiveness and a breakdown of relationship towards someone else. And the reason why you aren't seeing the breakthrough, what did Jesus teach us to pray? Forgive us of our debtors if we forgive those who've sinned against us. You will only know God's blessing and God's goodness when you understand that you've been forgiven of a greater sin than anybody could ever sin against you. And when you understand that, you release forgiveness toward others. It's not giving permission for the person to do that again, but you are forgiven and you forgive them in the name of Jesus. And here's the last thought. How do I know if I'm healthy? Number 10, when my mind is in a constant state of renewal. I think that's an important one. The Bible says, Romans chapter 12, verse one, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, verse two, by the renewing of your mind. You are looking at somebody, even over these last six months, I've, and just in different relationships I have with people around the world, and watched some people and helped people navigate their own disappointments in doing life. And my biggest thing is, buddy, you and I have got to keep renewing our mind. You can't afford to keep talking about that thing that happened. It did happen. It shouldn't have happened. It was wrong. But if you don't renew your mind, if you keep rehearsing it, and you keep talking about it. How many want to go into 2023 with a fresh slate and have all that stuff behind you? Can you say amen? How many would love to go into 2023 with some healed relationships with family members? How many would love to see 2023 be your best year in Jesus' name? Come on, how many want that? So here's the announcement for Christmas. Joy to the world. The Savior has come. But he didn't come just to leave it the way you are. He came to transform you. He came to heal you. He came to bless you. He came to say, get up. Come on, give the Lord a hand if you receive the word.